Hello, my pretties. The Oracle of the Crossroses here with your host, Anand Celeste, where every week we discuss a new topic or explore a new question about how to heal ourselves and help those that we love do the same. This thought-mediated space to explore spirituality and learn how others around the world navigate their inner and outer worlds to coexist in peace and understanding. After two years of not doing shit because I lost my voice. <laughs> We are back in the saddle with more interviews and special shows about the occult interfaith and philosophy. You can send in your questions via Messenger, TikTok questions, and right here at Anchor through voice message. Welcome to the revolution. I love this quote from Terrace McKenna that says, Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible. Dream and the world will grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all the teachers and philosophers really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold. This is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. By hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. We all have our demons to battle. Shit from our past that keeps being the de facto city in our minds. This freaking pandemic has shown us how the Matrix really looks like from a third-person view. We are in freaking trouble. But are really? Are we really? It took centuries for the building of these systems to use and abuse the world around us. But it took a mass death event to wake us the fuck up. Well, for some Uh, what Terrence McKenna is saying right there, that nature loves courage, that you make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. We have seen it here in the pandemic. People that have done, that have breaking down, that they have deconstructed themselves from religion, from politics, from the societal uh, ties that we put ourselves on because of either fashion or social media or what have you, all of that shit was broken down into pieces and we were tasked to put it all back together. We were told so for so long that we couldn't do certain things, that we should do certain things, that we should think in a certain way. But when the push came to shove, we all found out that all of that was part of the illusion. That if we wanted to break away from being in that rat race, like literally, we needed to deconstruct our whole lives. That we needed to deconstruct our goals. That we needed to deconstruct the way that we look, our surroundings, and the people that we love and that loves us. And I think that that is the trick. And when he says to dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under... It will lift you up. <sighs> I love philosophy. 
one of the first quotes that I ever heard over and over again from my grandmother was the only thing that I know is that I don't know nothing at all that is from Socrates I know he was a piece of shit she was all he was all for um, slavery and whatnot but that really stroked me and always kept me in check that it doesn't matter and coming from my grandmother which back then was the most educated person that I known so far she's the only one that has all the the fancy titles and and what have you it really stroked me how a person that had the flaws that she had uh, especially when she would consider herself a medium and a medium with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in education is something that maybe nowadays it's common because everything like that it's common now but back in the 80s that was that was odd because it it didn't look the same way that it looks now it looked very different to carry on your spirituality to philosophize to try to um, create spaces when you can talk about the real problems out there but at the same time pretending to be something completely different for the sake of your social label was exhausting and I have to think it is exhausting because nowadays we say I am what I am if you don't like it you can you can go to hell but back then especially for a woman it was very different you had to be a mother you had to be a lady you had to be if you were an educated lady you had to do it right and you had to do it 10 times better than any man around you because unless that was the case you did not exist and I think that when you give way and you allow yourself to enter into that space of where you question everything around you where you go into that place where if you touch you get burned not necessarily because it's something that you're not entitled to and information wise it's more like it's going to break your systems your mind systems are going to shudder and crumble it's like people that are deconstructing their religion it's hard it's hard to go against something that you fought for there is very hard some to get out something of your system that you not only protected but you did some shitty shit to try to keep that reality from crumbling and we all have that everybody that has been part of a society that is determined by an x or y religion or form of culture that hinders or divides its population because of a belief this is going to happen there is always some there's always going to be someone that is going to be oppressing another unless everybody is in the same picture unless everybody has access to the same education and the same opportunities someone is going to be always be submitting somebody else especially with information with labor with fear what have you you pick it we have that poison so it is it's fascinating to me that in spite of all of that in spite of us being conditioned to stay in the rat race and in that fucking hamster wheel that 
Some people are going to die just riding that hamster wheel, while everybody else is just looking at the person killing themselves trying to get out of that hamster wheel. And that's, that's painful. It is painful to see other people struggling with something that you cannot help them with, uh, struggling with something that it's tearing them apart from the inside out. And on top of that, that even though you may have all and every single resource, therapy, uh, education, uh, even a change in setting, the healing is going to take place when the mind is ready. And when you do, when you resist that, when you put any type of resistance, you are not allowing that to happen. That's where, and that's why I love chaos um, magicians. Because even without them knowing it, because most, most of the chaos magicians that I have come across with are, are souls that have had a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. And they have not found anywhere else the type of empowerment that chaos magic and chaos philosophy brings. And the way that, the way that it was explained to me, at least from this individual, and if she's hearing I never forgot this lesson when you're in hell and you cannot differentiate between who is poking you with the fork you tend you tend to go into a place where everything is flames and then you push and push no matter what's in front of you and as horrific as that may sound this is part of the chaos. This is what we see in nature. Nature perseveres and it finds a way. But since we, we, the bipedal animals, the worms for food, that we think that we are gods and we are special, because that's the first thing that we need to crack down. We need to crack down that our perception of ourselves our perception of what we are and what we're doing here and that is different for everybody and there are different stages of acceptance for everybody regarding that and I think that I have seen I have, I have noted that people that come to witchcraft trying to find that door that a keyhole that they can at least peek into the mysteries of the universe so they can find peace within and when Terrence McKenna says that this is what all these teachers and philosophers philosophers who really counted who really touched that alchemical gold reference to the the philosopher's stone that big truth that big secret that that opportunity to change lead into gold they understood this that you need you need chaos in your life. You need something to challenge whatever you're trying to build or destroy to create the questions. And it throws you into this black place, this abyss, just to find out it was okay in the end. All of those fears that you had, all of those fears, like in starting a business or reaching to a person that you want to date or coming out of the closet or to your family or doing scary things like going back to school at 50 
something as simple as that nowadays that so many people take for granted it's hard on the soul and the mind because it's something that we don't know what is going to come out and we've been hurt so badly in the past because of our quote-unquote failures there is no such thing as a failure you can fail in in the try you can fail at the, the execution you can fail at the planning but the idea is still intact and that is to heal yourself and i think and i think that this is something that the pandemic has done the pandemic has shown us exactly where we're at as a society The pandemic has shown us exactly where we're at as human beings, as civilized, quote-unquote, human beings. And that's a freaking scary thought because as the proof and the evidence shows, humans are shitty. Humans are really shitty. And I think that was part of the unveiling of the Matrix, to realize how shitty we are that in spite of all the accolades and in spite of all of the titles and in spite of all the fame or all the traction or the viral nature of our i don't know performance in social media that we are all human and we are shitty and at the end this is something the, the way the the as we upload our consciousness into this matrix that we call the internet we are creating a blueprint of our personality online and when i say personality is the the the, the way that people or the consciousness in general is going to remember us there is a lot a lot going on in TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and many of you just see that just as comments not even real people but those comments those posts uh we found out that they can change minds they can change perspectives they can destroy lives you can commit social suicide in five seconds just by actually publishing a tweet and people are not thinking about this they're not checking themselves and i think that was one of the best parts of this pandemic that we all had the opportunity to come as we are as fucked up as that may be but is there and once we realize and we get the feedback from the millions of people that are watching and that display of ego and it's in all of us because that's what we are that's what we present to the world and when we are in social media that is that is a very curated way of seeing ourselves when you see a profile when you go to somebody's tiktok it's very rare that you can actually see the person only their performance and this is where we are at at the level of that performance because it's the best thing that we can do at that moment. People don't plan to be shitty people online. People don't plan to be uh, 
laughed at or berated. That is not the plan. They want to be accepted. They want to find their tribe, even the bad ones. They want to find people that think and feel and and see the world that the way the way that they do, the way that we do. And that is a very the very reason why you must be listening to the, this podcast that is very particular to a topic. This is how other people that you and I may consider uh, undesirable and their circles. It's all about belonging. And I think if we don't have all the information or we don't have the language to process certain information, that is going to remain the narrative until we all start educating ourselves and that is a very personal choice and when I say a personal choice you really want to be outside of that dream that we created for ourselves for so long and that in now it's literally destroying the world this day and age, we are forced to isolate. We are forced to navigate those mental storms that we're forced to test our values, our integrity, and our contribution to the freaking world. This is the real test. Once our full agency was taken away by the freaking pandemic, once we understood that we're prisoners of a system that doesn't give a fuck about us, when we realized that the people that we thought it was on our corner, they were only using us, that they were only, we were only stepping stones into something else. It becomes the question, what am I doing here? How can you find inner peace without an outer revolution? And that self-awareness, that self-awareness that what happens, what we allow to others, for others to happen to them, like those people that don't have any rights or have very limited rights, we see ourselves in them again. Because unfortunately, when we are not experiencing the same type of difficulties, the same type of, of disadvantages, it's very hard for us to sympathize. And I, I find it fascinating that in the spiritual and witchcraft community, sympathy and empathy are something that people apparently don't understand. Being an empath, being a sympathetic person, And being an apathetic person apparently gets confused a lot. And we are so used to, uh, not my monkeys, not my circus, not my problem, that we have detached ourselves from that. And it's kind of sad that the only people that are really connecting, that are really empathizing, are people that are so broken, inside and outside, that they have no other way to create empathy for themselves than to be empathetic to those around them, to be kind to those around them, to be mindful to those around them, in the hope that that is going to come back to them. And it's 
I know that that may fall into the category of, yeah, if you're good to people, then you get the reward that is very religious. And, and But in, in reality, it's cause and effect. It is cause and effect. If you're a dick, if you're always a dick, and you always do things, dickish things, that it is going to be your footprint in the world. And sooner or later, when there is enough people to know about the way that you are and how you navigate the world, they're going to start being dick to you. It's a self-feeding system. <sighs> One of the things that we are sure now, and we have heard this forever, that you cannot change anybody, you can only change yourself. But it doesn't compute in our brains. It doesn't compute. We want to change other people so we can be happy. And that is the reason why it doesn't work. That's exactly the reason why it doesn't work. We had to go in and then out. We have to go inside to deal with our own shit. And believe me, it doesn't matter who you are. You have some crap to work yourself through. Because you wouldn't be here listening to this. It's as simple as that. This is not about uh, mental illness. This is not only about trauma. This is not only a big T and little T trauma. It doesn't matter. It's an acknowledgement that I need help. I need help navigating these difficult topics. I need help and validation in acknowledging the existence of this chaotic place inside my head that is preventing me from being and becoming the best version of myself. That part of you that is terrified that other people could see when they look at you and when they, when they talk to you, that part of yourself that keeps you from having a good relationship with your family, friends, or the significant other. That part of yourself that even though other people, very well-intentioned other people, are very accepting of you, you still, you're still battle with that accepting of yourself. One thing is for you to secure the love, companionship, and even... Wow, the, the safe space to be yourself. But if you don't, if, you, if you're not there yet to accept and love yourself, you're going to make it really difficult for other people to love you. Really difficult. There is nothing more frustrating to love someone so much that you put up with their bullshit just for them to realize that they're safe just for them to realize that they're loved. And this is the kicker, that it's not your place to decide when they're ready. No. We all have a time frame to deal with our demons. We all have a time frame to deal with the things that are holding us back. Why? Because in nine out of 10 times, we have no fucking idea what it's keeping us in this place. We have no idea why we're still afraid of the dark. Not that we consciously don't know. It's just that we don't understand where our body, our mind, and our emotions act the way that they do. 
and that could be due to a chemical imbalance, that could be due to trauma-related uh, circumstances. This could be to do a lot of things. A lot of things. But when you deal with a culture where they're telling you what you need to be, when you are in a society where everything that you do is fucked up, and then you see people in positions of power that are the epitome, the epitome of what some Christians would call just pure sin, and yet they're revered, and yet they're put in a pedestal just because they have a fancy house that don't belong to them, because they have a fancy car that don't belong to them, that they have uh, women or men or a combination of both, uh, that they have fans, but they feel lonely. We have to create a culture We have to create a culture within ourselves. We have to rediscover who we are. There is a lot of bullshit going around um, honoring the ancestors and, and going back to the family roots. But in reality, what we are seeing is just handpicking from uh everybody's culture or everybody's experience and trying to make something out of that that is aesthetically pleasing and it is all and we can you can find it in Amazon for less than $50 an overnight delivery that is the issue we keep going to those self-help books we are keep going to those um gurus and cults of personality because we're trying to find ourselves in them and when it resonates and it does it does when it resonates we have two choices either to keep following somebody else's disentanglement of the matrix that is their journey I can tell you about my journey I can tell you the way that I reacted or not reacted or how passively I got through it. But in no way, shape, or form can I tell you this is what you have to do. Why? Because I am fully aware, I am completely aware that your set of circumstances and the way that you have navigated life have been completely different. The sources and resources that you have available are completely different. You may or may not have someone family, friends that can actually aid you in this healing. I don't know that. And that is what makes it different. Everybody has different resources. Everybody has different venues. Shit, even the language that you use, it's not the same here in the United States as somewhere in Argentina. It's not the same somewhere in Siberia that somebody in Colombia. The culture is different. The expectations of society are different. What is required of you and I is not the same that a little girl over there in the mountains of Peru. It's not the same. It is not the same. And when you go to Instagram, when you go to TikTok, and then we have these things called trends. That's what life is, trends. Trends in fashion, trends in philosophy, trends in... Um, literature trends in wow and 
even in trends, just dancing or just doing stupid shit for memes and laughs. We, cre- we keep copying each other. And we also copy the same mistakes. I... <laughs> it's... It reminds me of how we have lost and regained our individuality. And this is something that the pandemic did as a byproduct. Because once we are forced to be by ourselves, to deal with our own shit, and to see how full of shit the people around us telling us that we were broken, how their life was riddled with problems and issues that they weren't being forward about. It reminds me of... uh, It also reminds me of another Terrence McKenna quote. They said, we have to create culture. Don't watch TV, don't read magazines, don't even listen uh, to the radio. Create your own roadshow. The nexus of space and time when you're now is the most immediate sector of your universe. And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you are disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons, icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that you want to dress like X or have lips like Y. This is shit-brained. This kind of thinking That is all cultural diversion. And what is real is you. And your friends and your associations and your highs and your orgasms, your hopes, your plans, your fears. And we are told, no, we're unimportant. We're peripheral. Get a degree, get a job, get at this, get at that. And then you're a player. You don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to run you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of bodies of a dying world. Terrace McKenna, tell me what from all of that is not true. We are being told every day at all moments of the freaking day what we can and we cannot do. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. None of that shit is real. None of this shit is real. Even whatever you're getting from this podcast is your version of whatever I'm saying here. You take what you need and then you drop what it does not serve you. It's as simple as that. This is why some people have so many visceral and angry and violent reactions to some information. Because it clashes with their immediate reality. When a person gets in contact with new information that cancels or questions the immediate sector of their universe, the immediate interactive part of their being, what they know, what they covet every day. What do you covet? You covet what you see every day. I love that fucking quote from Silence of the Lambs. What do, you, what do we covet? We covet what we see 
every day. If we are in an environment where there is no hope of growth, when there is an environment where ignorance and hate and half-baked facts are the norm of the day, there is no way that you can escape from that reality unless you physically remove yourself from it. And I really, this, this was neat. It's not that it was new to me. It's just that I didn't thought it was that necessary. From a person that had to make many of these changes in the proximity of, of the people and the system that didn't care about me, I had to look for ways to expand my understanding without their involvement, without their feedback. But that is not the case now. You can be who you are. You can seek the answers to the questions to better your world without being participant of the very system and the very group of people that were telling you that you were crazy, that things were not like that, that that's fake news. A good friend of mine once showed me, one thing is for you to hear it and something completely different is for you to see it. Sometimes you have to physically get out of the way, to go no contact from your parents, from your ex, from a friend, from a space of work, a community, a church, to find yourself, to be away from those influences. And in some cases, for some people, that includes going no contact. For some people, that includes leaving the church that they have known all of their lives behind. And, their social, and those social systems, too. I have a lot of compassion for people that are deconstructing their religion. It's a very lonely place to be. You're afraid of asking questions. You're afraid to seek comfort in people that you thought had your best interest regarding your spiritual health. It's hard and crushing to see that the belief system that you hold dear and that you sacrifice so much of yourself to, a, to uplift and to even propagate and to even spread has failed you and everybody around you in the most basic of ways that it didn't ask the questions, answer the questions that you needed to be answered, that it didn't uplift you or freed you the way that you thought it was going to be. And let me tell you something. I really thought, I really thought that anybody that had the right information at the right time, of course, anybody that could actually see and be part of a social experiment to prove that I believe it's either um, a reconstruction of what somebody else um, believed or something as simple as a cult. And I know I'm going to put it as simple as a cult because that entails a lot. It could be a cult politically, it could be a cult religiously, it could be a cult of personality, which we have a lot on social media. And that's a mess that not not everybody, not everybody can be part of that. It takes a very special brain, a very special set of values, a very interesting degree of 
their way of integrity, I guess. And that creates a third space of people that cannot be reached. And I thought that everybody could be reached. I really thought that anybody that would want to or was presented with that information that said, holy shit, this is not what I thought it was. And then they change. I am sure, and this is something that I learned through TikTok, the community of the uh, religious deconstruction, it's really growing exponentially. The anger, the angst, the... It looks, it looks like a confessionary from MTV from the 90s, like the real world. I left my church edition. And uh, for some people, it's a relief. And they use social media, especially TikTok. When you deconstruct your faith 60 seconds at a time, I think it's more manageable. And we all become part of it because when you are ranting about the shit that they did to you in your upbringing as a Christian or as a Muslim or as a traditional Jew it doesn't matter it doesn't matter or that you belong to a cult like the Mormons or the Jehovah Witnesses and what have you it's going that's that's a lifestyle and everything that you believed was put there for a reason to control And when you realize that it wasn't because of divine intervention, it was because of human intervention, it creates this rage. And that, that rage, until it's all out, until you have <laughs> discussed every single passage in the Bible, that it was bullshit and you knew it was bullshit and people told you that it was in your mind and you were being disrespectful and you get it out of your system, you heal that wound. Every time that you go into TikTok Live and say, and, and say there is no God or something like that or Jesus or specific religion, specific belief, debate me. That needs to happen. Some of us Some of us, because I did, I did exactly that, but I had to do it without the internet. So I have to involve myself in groups. I have to go to um, what I call random philosophical experiences amongst people. And that can take place in covens. It can take place in spiritual retreats. It can take place in churches. It can take place in, in many arenas. And I started in college discussing with, discussing with different people that had religious trauma what they did to get out of that anger. Because it, it came as a it came like somebody died. And one girl, and I'm never going to forget this, is that as I feel like I found that I was adopted, that I knew I never belonged here. how the hell what the hell could I say to that because it ring true for me too not in the sense that because she was also an, an adoptee and she was having certain issues in that area but that was her way of putting it forward how the hell 
can I tell a person that is trying to get all of that anger, all of that um, sense of I cannot believe this shit happened to me and I was told that I was either crazy or going to hell. They need to take it out. That's why I really love and honor people that need to come to podcasts or uh, Facebook or TikTok to say this happened to me and this is what it did to my life and now I'm better. That's beautiful. And 20 something years ago, 30 years ago, that it was very rarely seen. These struggles were done in private, were done with a lot of trauma on top of trauma and a lot of loneliness. Because I love when people joke about the Amish shunning their children or shunning people that, um, you know, do something against their religion or against the community and they treat them like they don't exist. This is very real in America with people that uh, are separating themselves from their religious families. And that in itself is part of the healing. So that comes to the conclusion to this episode. And I know, I know for a fact they're going to, we have a lot of shit to work through. So if you want to be part of this discussion, if you want to be part of this uh, <laughs> this scratching of the surface of what the matrix has become and what we can do with it, from our witchy way, just stick around. And it doesn't matter if you're a witch, a spiritual person, a religious zealot, a Bible thumper, or like myself, an non-theistic pagan. You're welcome to the you're welcome to the deconstruction of our collective um, identity. <laughs> so and I'm going to leave you with this. Chaos is what we lost touch with. This is why it is given a bad name. It is feared by the dominant archetype of our world, which is ego, with clenches. Because his existence is defined in terms of control. Blessed be. Mm-hmm.